Are you back in? Yeah. Hey, let's go. All right. You excited? Oh, absolutely, man. It's our debut episode. I know. The Can't start of something here. Started something big. Wow. So it is recording as of right now. So we are live, Wes. So, so let's get started. So, hey guys, Trey back here at Trail Wolf, and welcome to the start of the True Blue Show. I am your host, Trey of Trail Wolf. You can find me on Twitter at Trail Wolf, and introducing my new co-host, Wes. Uh, also at uh, true underscore Wes on Twitter. I believe I got that right. Did I, Wes? Absolutely, man. What's up, everybody? So we are very excited to finally bring you our first uh, full-length episode. I dropped a little trailer, um, basically, just kind of to get it started. Uh, we are available. I don't know if you're listening to this on Anchor or Spotify, but I believe those are the main ones we are listed on uh, for streaming platforms. Um we will have most of our episodes probably on here, but we will occasionally be available on my YouTube channel, Trail Wolf, uh, if we're having to do some kind of podcast episodes where maybe we're going to show our screens for something. But for this one, um, we're starting out on Anchor. Um, it's a nice, friendly platform. It was a good shout by US to go look this up. Yeah, I got it. Like I said, uh, when we were talking earlier, I got to give the props to the guys at the uh, uh, London is Blue podcast. It's where I heard about the site on. Yeah, no, definitely. It, I, when I go in onto the website, it seemed very user-friendly, which I'm always a major fan of because the less I have to stress and try and figure out how it works, the happier I am about it. So, Absolutely. Wes, let's let's start out with telling the listeners, who exactly are we? Tell, tell us a little about yourself. All right, man. Well, uh, my name is Wes. I've uh, been a Chelsea fan for, uh, well, I had a probably – eight years uh my son uh started playing soccer when he was little didn't really know much about it and i ended up having to coach his team because the kids needed a coach so i was like well i gotta I gotta learn what's going on you know so i can teach these kids how to do and i i turned on the tv one day and the premier league was on um and there was eden hazard you know doing eden hazard things and i was oh, just we're well aware ever ever since that moment you know I was like, I've got to, I've got to watch more. I like this team. I like the way they played. Um, and just everything about them was just, I, I was just drawn to it. Uh, and I've been watching ever since every game I can. If I can't watch it, I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm watching highlights. Uh, I just like the way that we're. Go- it seems, especially now going into this new season, the direction we're going. I'm just, I, I can't wait, man. No, definitely, I get that. So. To be clear, you so were you involved with soccer and your son's team just before you um, came to watch Chelsea? Uh, yes. Yeah, just when I found out I was going to be coaching, I was like, I need to do some research. I need to watch. And, you know, the area I'm from, it, it's, it's growing now very much so. Um, but when I was younger, it wasn't really – soccer wasn't big at all. So I didn't really know too much about it. Didn't know, you know – the in-depth detail that really goes into the game no definitely i know um i've did you play when you were young well you said your son's playing but did you play any um i I signed up one year um and actually i was probably maybe like 10 or 11 and i signed up one year to play i went to a couple practices 
and then I got in trouble at home, which, you know, as we do as kids. And my punishment was not to be able to play soccer. So looking back on it now, I really regret it knowing what I do about the game now. But, yeah, at that point in time, I was just getting ready to try it out. Wes, I'm not anyone to tell you how to be a father, but I'm going to ask you one thing. Please never make a punishment for your son that he can't play soccer if he does something wrong, because that sounds like the absolute worst punishment I can think of. Yeah, my uh, knowing the way that I am about the game now, and like I said, I coached my son's team. Um, I actually coached a local high school, uh, the boys' team and the girls' team for two years uh, a few years ago. Um, and my, my mom actually was like, you know, one of the biggest regrets I had of you as a child was the year that we didn't let you play soccer. Wow. Wow. That's yeah, that's pretty interesting. Wow. Um, so I got to ask, are you good as a coach? Like, has the team done pretty well? Um, well, it, like I said, it's not very big in my area. We didn't really have a, a large group. And going into the season, um, the, the girls team had not won a game in like three years. Uh, we actually did. We had a draw and a win uh, in my season coaching them. Uh, and then in the boys' team, uh, we just missed qualifying for the state playoffs. Wow. Okay. Now, so that's that's not something to, to shy away from when asking about that. That's a pretty impressive accomplishment. And for the girls' thing, I think the biggest thing to take away from that is that you got more points than you did in the past three years. So that's oh, improvement absolutely. in my book. Yeah, we had a we had a lot of a lot of injuries, but the the kids I was able to coach on girls team and boys team both were the their love for the game was was nice to to meet mine, and it was it was I really enjoyed working with them. I hate my uh, work schedule didn't work out to allow me to continue coaching them because that's one thing I definitely miss doing. No, definitely one thing I've told you that um I'm always looking forward to being a father and everything, but of course. Uh, being only 22, I got to wait a little bit longer. <laughs> but one thing I always think about is I cannot wait to coach my son or daughter's soccer team. And for anybody listening, um, you probably can tell by our accents, we are American. So if we ever drop the word soccer, that is just natural instinct for us because that's what we grew up calling it. We know it's football and everything. It's really called football. Oh, and for absolutely. anybody outside America – I do apologize in advance if you ever hear us call soccer and you get mildly offended or annoyed, but just know it's kind of like our natural tongue talking. Yeah, we got to talk to the normal people around here, and if we say football, they're going to not understand us at all. Yeah, they're going to start searching Chelsea up in the NFL and get really confused. <laughs> but yeah, so I played soccer ever since I was three or so. I played until about my sophomore year of high school, or let's call it 10th grade, because uh, I know people outside America uh, have their schooling structured differently. So 10th grade is when I probably stopped. I knew I wasn't going to get a scholarship or anything with soccer, um, and neither in um, American football, which I was playing for my high school. And I was getting to the point to where I was having to prepare for college or university. God, they, they, we're going to have to go back and forth with all these terms <laughs> between American terms <laughs> and European. but And they'll catch on eventually. But um, I got to the point where I realized that my future career path wasn't going to be with sports and everything. So I ended up leaving my team and in all my sports honestly and I started focusing on my grades and getting those up because 
uh, I really wanted to get into Texas A&M and I knew that I was going to have to have some of the best grades to get accepted. And I can honestly say one of my biggest regrets is leaving that soccer team. I really wish I had just toughed it out and did just pushed myself to my limits to keeping my grades up and playing soccer at the same time. Um, now, granted, I did suffer um, a nasty injury at the end of my uh, playing career. I nearly broke my ankle in an indoor game. It was about a hairline fracture on my ankle. And the doctor said, if you bent this or messed it up anymore, this thing wouldn't be a clean break. So that was probably a good transitioning period to stopping playing, but I missed it ever since. I knew the guys on my team very close and it was hard uh, growing up with them still and then not playing for that team. Oh, absolutely, man. It's like a, it's a, it's a family on a team like that, especially high school. I'm sure at, at every level to a certain extent, but especially when you're, you're young or when you're, you're dealing with young people at all completely. No, no, for sure. Yeah. But the thing, and the thing I think helped uh, me find Chelsea was that as soon as I stopped playing uh, soccer week in, week out, I knew I still loved the game. I still love, I had a passion for you it. Had to and scratch I was like, that itch. Yeah. You had to scratch that itch. You had to get your fix in, you know? Um, and I was just like, well, how am I going to do this? Well, FIFA sure wasn't getting it enough, but um, I, God knows I played that thing for plenty of hours to get a fix in, but um, I wanted to start watching the game more. Um, I had gone to my local team, FC Dallas, a couple of times growing up, and I had seen their games in person, and I had watched them on TV some, but I really never followed the Premier League much uh, until about my high school years. And when you said about, I think you said eight years ago was when you started watching Chelsea, was that before or after they won the Champions League? Uh, It was the year after. The year after? Okay, I Ironically enough, that is the year I started watching him too. Um, one of my best friends, Jorge, he actually was a diehard Chelsea fan. And um, I knew I could see how much he loved the club and everything and loved watching them. And I was like, you know what? Um, I want to pick someone to watch. And I like how he talks about them. So I decided to pick the same team he liked to support. And I'll take any kind of comments if people want to say bandwagoner for hopping on the team that just won the Champions League, but I'm sure there's plenty of Man City fans who can't say, who can't talk after they've been winning for years and all of a sudden they have so many more fans, but um, I won't get into that. But yeah, so around 2012 is when I started watching Chelsea and started getting into them a lot more. And I honestly have to say, like you said, Eden, watching Eden Hazard dance around that pitch, do despicable things to those players was something to really make you fall in love with the club. But also the one other player that really made me fall in the code that club, Cesar Aspilicueta. That man was just, I don't know what about him. I think it's the only way I can describe it is, and I unfortunately never saw Terry. Actually, no, I did. Terry still played at the club for, I think about two years, maybe. At that point, and then he ret- um, then he left our club. I think he played for Villa for a year or two. Is that correct? You think? Uh, I don't know how many years after that he was. I know he was. He played probably two or three years after that, but he might have been on the team still a year or so after that because it might have been the Conte years. Yeah, I think. I think he left 
in Conte's first year. I think at the end of that year is when he left, maybe after we won the yeah. league. I, I feel like that's how it ended. Then he went to Villa. Yeah. And I th- you know what? I could be totally wrong. I think he's – did he score on his last game? I No, he came off on the 28th and 26th minute. Uh, oh, right. I'm to honor him. Done. Yeah. Wow. Gosh, that was an emotional day. That Watching yeah. the video of Terry's speech, it, it brings a tear to the eye, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, unfortunately, I never saw his prime playing days. I never saw Lampard. I never saw Drogba. But I did see Hazard and Espiliqueta. And watching Espiliqueta, I got the same feeling that people probably would when they were watching Terry play for their team. And the man truly epitomized someone fighting for their club with every piece of their body, mind, and spirit. And I loved it. And he was still fairly young at that age. Um I think it was maybe a year or so after we got him. Uh, I'm not positive, but um, all I know is that my favorite players to watch on that field were Hazar and Espilicueta and Ibajo. They played nearly every single game, didn't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And just the uh, like you talk about Espilicueta and like just the the determination and like you said, how much that badge meant to him, and even Hazar. Like just the to me, the thing that got me besides watching him just embarrass people with the ball at his feet, but just the joy that he seemed to play with. I hate to put you on the spot like this, but can you think of a favorite Hazard goal in the back of your head any right now? Honestly, and it may it may sound weird because it wasn't that, that important to Chelsea, I guess, as, as a team themselves, but the one against, um, I think it was, Tottenham to seal Leicester the championship. Mm-hmm. Love that goal. Love the fact that he he loved that he was ending their title hopes. That is that is probably every Leicester fan's favorite goal ever. If they ever ask for a favorite Chelsea goal, that's probably it because that was the one that Leicester won, right? Because Tottenham were in second, and by yes. sealing that goal, Leicester were going to win it. Wow! Now that was a year that to remember in the league. I. Even if Chelsea didn't win or Chelsea didn't do the best, I love an upset like that where someone has a beautiful story like Lester did. It's just from a footballing neutrals fan perspective that that's just a beautiful story. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's that's the stories you want to hear about. And I think that's the beautiful thing about football is that if if, if, if you go out there and you play as one, as a side, and everybody's giving it everything they have, you can win. You can do what people tell you that you can't do if you play together. Yeah, and honestly, I think I think that year really just got the ball rolling for their club because they've been in the Premier League ever since. And in all the time I had been following the Premier League, I can't remember one season where Leicester were in the league because back when I first started like checking in the Premier League or hearing about Chelsea and stuff, I think honestly the the names that were still in there, QPR, West Brom, Fulham, what, Stoke City, Swansea. I mean, Stoke God, City. When a cold rainy night in Stoke. Absolutely. When is the last time we have had to hear a Premier League commentator say that, dude? Uh, man, I don't know, but you're right. That's who was here. Like I remember the year Leicester came up. 
Like, yeah. But it was, it's the same. And honestly, think, if you think about it, if Leicester hadn't have had that amazing season, would we have ever gotten Golo Conte? Would he have ever really impressed enough to make us want to go and buy him? Would Riyad Mahrez ever have gone to Man City? I mean, those, those that season is really what set some of these players up for the rest of their career. Yeah, I, I can't believe Vardy's still there. No, that's that's a surprise to me too. I think how old is he? Is he is he thirty two? That... He's he's got to be up there. I'm I'm looking it up right now. He was born in nineteen eighty seven. He's thirty three now, dude. Thirty three, yeah. But you know what I just, I heard um today and I actually didn't know. Did you know Aubameyang? I think turned thirty one this year. I didn't wow, no. I mean, 31. he's been around a while, but yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I, I forget about his dormant days sometimes. Age. But yeah, I mean, it just definitely shows you that sometimes, I mean, you definitely see it with Olivier Giroud. Age isn't always a factor. Man, that man is beautiful on the field. He's beautiful on the field and off the field. He's just a beautiful man. Can, yeah, we, can we be honest? Tell of his hair. Hair goals. I would love to have Giroud's hair at that age. But honestly, that's that's just great. So just to move on, um, kind of uh, wrap up, kind of telling uh, the listeners a, a little about ourselves. Um, can you tell them how we met? Yeah, this this is actually a very interesting story. I feel like <laughs> so. <laughs> Trey and I are both. Uh, manager trainees for a company called CED Consolidated Electric Distributors. So we're in the training program, and because of the, again, I don't know on this platform if it's like YouTube, if you can what you can say and what you can say because of the situation that's going on in the world right now. Oh yeah, um, I don't, I don't training, think uh, they'll censor it. You can just say like the pandemic or virus or whatever. Okay, cool, cool. But because of all that. Uh, there's a lot of training that goes on, and instead of going to these trainings in these different cities, we've been having to do Zoom meetings in these trainings. So th- we have this week of trainings that we have every day for probably, I think, what, six, seven hours. And we get on the Zoom meeting the first day, and like everybody's camera's up there, and you can see, and they're presenting. And I notice in this one guy's camera, I'm like, back in his background, I'm like, wait a second. Is is that is that Chelsea? Has he got something on his wall with Chelsea? So I'm like, I'm sending this guy a message. Like, I got I got to see this because again, in where I'm from, soccer's not big. I honestly, I know some other Premier League fans, but I don't know anyone that feels the way about Chelsea the way I do. And I message him. He says, "Well, yeah, it is, man." And then next thing you know, it's like stepbrothers. It's like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> That's a perfect way to put it. It's just like it was meant to be, man. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, like for anybody who's ever uh, seen my Twitch streams or anything like that, I try to angle my camera some to where the wall behind me has Chelsea promo on it. I probably don't have enough. I probably need to put that on there. Uh, some more stuff eventually, but I got to buy that. But yes, so for the record, though, the official statement of Wes and I meeting is Wes slid into my DMs. Wow. I didn't know we were <laughs> taking it there. All right. <laughs> but no, I honestly, it was, I was so happy that you messaged me, dude, because I, 
there's nothing more I like than being able to talk Chelsea with with somebody. And honestly, that's just on a simple basis because, like I said, my friend Jorge, he loves Chelsea and everything, and he will talk to me about it. But like, he probably does not like me bothering him all the time with uh, Chelsea talk. And I like on Twitter, I have like group chats of banter between Spurs, West Ham, Arsenal, City, and Leicester fans and everything from the college and stuff. So we can always talk like our own club and everything, but talking with someone like you, who we like, we both have the same passion for it. That's a whole new thing. That's another person I can connect with based on besides just Twitter. And lo and behold, look what this has led to. We're starting a podcast together, and this is our first episode. I know it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah. So pay attention to whoever has. Uh, Chelsea propaganda on their walls, everybody. That is the lesson of this episode. But uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and transition into our next uh, topic. So pandemic, this, uh, well, I guess to put it simply, it's been a life-changing event. It's It's been something we're living inside our future textbooks for history. And we're going through something I don't think we ever could have saw coming. But so it's been about, um, call it six months that we've been going through um, the pandemic. So ever since lockdown started, what what has your life been like? And like, what is your, what have you been doing to fill time? Like hobbies wise, anything like that? Ah, uh, man. I mean, really, it's just uh, I started, started the new job during the pandemic. So just trying to kind of keep up with that and, and do everything we need to do with that. I got a, a baby coming in November. So preparing stuff for that, um, you know, just real life stuff that just seems to continue to give you new things to do every day. And then I honestly just trying to play some FIFA. <laughs> no, definitely. I have I've put in my fair share of hours, that's for sure. But uh, congrats, yeah, congrats on the baby too. Uh, I, I That's slim my mind. I know you've talked about your kids before. I... I don't know if you mentioned, but I think I forgot you were expecting one too. Yes, yes, we got, I got, we got a little girl coming in November. Oh. You already got the Chelsea ones you picked out. Uh, yes, I have her uh, away kit for this new season onesie uh, already on order, waiting to get here. Uh, I was waiting on the squad, new squad numbers to come out so I can order mine. I'll probably do that tomorrow so we can have matching jerseys. So when she comes that first weekend you know, we're going to be on the couch supporting the Blues. I mean, there's no other way you can do it, man. No other way. So um, you said you've been playing a little bit of FIFA. Now, we've talked about it a little before, but you're more of a career mode aficionado versus Ultimate Team. Isn't that correct? Uh, yes, yes. I got I got into Ultimate Team a few years ago, and I, I just spent way too much money than I needed to. It was a blast. And my team was amazing. They were French. They were amazing. But anyway, yes, I love the love the career mode. I, I delve into that for hours upon hours upon hours. No, I, I can definitely relate on the money situation. I think if we could see how much money I've spent on FIFA points and everything ever since I first started playing FIFA, I, I think that number would be something I need to hide away from everyone or else I will be forever yeah, judged. I don't want to see my number. I I don't either. It's it's well over a thousand. I can say that for certain, and I'm I'm a little ashamed to say that too. 
<laughs> yeah, I can probably say though, for the past two years, I have not given EA one cent apart from getting the initial game though. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like at least as far as Ultimate Team goes, um, like the past few years, they've done a, a lot better at giving you different ways to get different players and points and things like that. That has been one thing that I feel like they've done decently well. No, definitely. I I think the uh, the promos, the objectives, uh, things that have been coming out uh, definitely have improved. Um, I know some content creators would argue that they've done good Good ideas, but just not done them the right way. But um, with FIFA 21, uh, there's two new things coming out. One, there is the... I don't know how you call it. It's like promo objectives, but it's like... I don't know if you saw it. It's like you can be Team Joel Felix or Team Erling Haaland and then complete objectives that are kind of specialized around them. That's one new thing coming. And another one is co-op mode. Now, co-op mode might not be a new feature per se. I think it used to be in FIFA, but now it's coming back, and that is something we're going to be doing this year, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, man! I can't wait for that. No, yeah, I'm I'm excited. And you can all, you can find us on Twitch. Um, my Twitch username is Trailwolf. Um, I don't have a set streaming schedule because, like Wes indicated, we both work full time jobs and everything. So, playing FIFA is um kind of a secondary um, priority and Wes is a father so I'm sure that he's got better things to do than play FIFA all day like me I would love to be able to but yeah I I still gotta squeeze something in at least at least a game or so every day if I can oh that's true now yeah going back to career mode um is there is there a person that you will always sign at the beginning of one of your saves um, well, I, I usually usually always do uh, a Chelsea career, um, so I always have a lot of the people that I like, but up until, I guess, this past FIFA, uh, Christian Pulisic was always a guy I went after. That was just a, a guy I liked, other than behind uh, Hazard, he's, he's my second favorite player. I just like the way he plays, and luckily, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough that both while he was with uh, Dortmund and then Hazard while he was uh, with Chelsea, uh, they did the, I believe it's it's some type of Champions League preseason tournament here in America. And I was able to see both of them play in Charlotte, which I can still, like, I can't believe I was able to do that. I hope one day to get a Stamford Bridge, but just to have the chance to watch him play live uh, was amazing. Uh, but he was the guy I always went after before that. Now, I don't really know. I'm going to have to find somebody else because with the team we have, I mean, we don't really – there's a few positions I may, you know, want to try to upgrade, but I just want to play with the team we got and try to build the young players we got. No, that's that's definitely true. We have so many promising, uh, talented players. Uh, I was playing probably around January, and we were missing some of the names like Ian Matson, Tino Angerin, Amarna Dabroja. But kind of later on when you started creating um, – a new save they got put into the database and they were technically academy and loan players so you could actually use them in the game so that's something i like to do a little bit is to recall a lot of the loan players and then play them in the cup games a lot yes yeah i usually recall one or two people that i, I personally like and then there'll, there'll be some people that i i, I go out and i sell them that first year just because i don't 
I don't rate them, but it's no. all right. Now, but I'll usually promote it from within. I'll give me a, I'll play with a, a younger guy that's not, not as good, but I'd rather build him up than keep, keep some of the players, some of the dead wood we have. <laughs> now, I will publicly say that whenever I started in career mode, one of the first moves I make is normally selling off uh, Marcus Alonso. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I wonder if we got any Alonso fanboys in the in the audience. I mean, I mean the guy's always good for a good goal here or there, but just he just does not play defense and he's too <laughs> slow. No, I think a traffic count would uh, would stop someone better, honestly. Yeah. Um, so going to transfers. We're not going to do a lot of transfer talk today because we're going to save that for another episode. But um, someone I want to mention while we're talking about career mode is our new center back signing, Xavier uh, Umbiamba, I believe it's pronounced. Um, I believe he came from the Barcelona Academy. I think he's 18. Do you think he's going to be in career mode next year? I hope so. Uh, I definitely hope so. I, I believe, like, I mean, he was, um, he may be, a, um, I guess, technically an academy signing. Uh, I don't know if, if 18, if, if he's considered that or not, but still as a young signing, I think he still had a lot of clout behind him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm personally hoping that he's in there because, well, for one thing, I'm pretty sure I heard the kid is 6'5", and at 18, who wouldn't want someone 6'5 at the base of their center back, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Like, that guy, if he's on the game, that guy, he may not start for me in the big games, but any chance I can to put him in there and build him up, uh, it's happening. He's definitely playing over Rudiger. Or Rudiger, uh, sorry. <laughs> Rudiger's the second player we offload when making a new save. Yes, yes. Like the no. guy personally, and Agent Rudy is the man. Agent Rudy but is the man. He's too old to be making the mistakes he makes. No, yeah. Rudy's considered to be in the prime of his career right now, but he's making rookie mistakes day in, down out. Sadly, he had a great game. I think it was against Tottenham. Um, it was no, no. Was it Tottenham? Or was it Leicester? It might have been Lester. He scored two headers against. You think it was Lester? Yeah. I think it was in January. He so, scored yeah. two headers. Game of his life. Actually, no. I think he actually had a very suspect game, if I remember correctly. It was just those headers that redeemed him. Yeah. But I mean, that's... you got Christian back there. He's good for. He's the one that baffles me. He has all the talent. You see him play the games like he played against Man City, and and you're like, wow, that guy is amazing. And then other games, you're like, what? Who is this? No, yeah. I always tell people that when Christensen was getting this revival early in the season and he was getting super hyped up, uh, mainly because he had improved his aerial ability and winning a duels, I was just like, if you're watching this game, do you realize how much he's pushing on the backs of his players and literally launching himself into the air? It's like, if you watch this game, I'm just like, I am surprised the ref is giving this to Christensen because I always see those strikers and everyone that are trying to win those battles, and literally Christensen's like, hands are on their shoulders, giving like playing leapfrog. It looks like, yeah. But I mean, whatever to win an area door, right? As long as you get away I with mean, it. Yeah, I'm gonna say if they're not calling it by all means. Yeah, Christensen's a baffling case to me. He's he's someone who I thought could be really great, but. You know, I'm just I, – I can't be for certain. I can't – I can't confidently put someone at the heart of my defense who's got confidence issues before a game, 
who you, have you heard about his deal that he gets really nervous before a game and throws up? Uh, yeah, I have heard that before, and I mean, and I think th- he's just not been the same ever since that Barcelona game. No, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be either. He was phenomenal, well, absolutely, but he was phenomenal before that, phenomenal. But I feel like he just fits the three at the back better anyway. Probably because he has some kind of cover back there. Like, Christians, if you had the back three of Christensen, Zoom, and Tamori, you probably would be set. Let's be honest. Yeah, that, that, that is, I think that would be a good back three. Yeah. But then again, people complain about the back three because we don't like to just sit back there because it takes someone out of um, offense normally. And it, it's a nice specialized formation um, for certain games, but it's definitely not what I would want to rock in and rock out you know, we can reach out with. Oh, absolutely. Especially with the attack we have now. No, yeah. Our attack, we we have got to have everyone up there pressing because we're going to do some disgusting things like Hazard used to do against all of these players. Oh, I did, I forgot to mention this Um, when we were talking about Hazard. I was going to say my favorite goal. My favorite goal is the solo run he had against Arsenal. And you probably know exactly the one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, I just that had to put that out. That beautiful. That's my favorite Hazard goal. But, yeah, so now we're kind of kind of tra- – oh, and last thing I'm going to say about career mode, um, two players um, that are not Chelsea players I always pick. That is Scott Pollock and Paxton Pomichol. And nobody <laughs> listening to this will probably know who those players are, but Paxton Pomichol is a youngster for FC Dallas um, that I love signing now, and he's actually pretty good in the game. And Scott Pollock is a uh, a very young guy um, who played for this team called Hashtag United that um, Spencer FC runs. Anybody who's maybe watched uh, FIFA YouTube for a while, um, he was pretty prominent in the FIFA community a while back. He's still prominent in the – he's more prominent in the football community in general now because he, he's expanded and he started a whole damn club. But Scott Pollock is basically someone who used to play for them, and he went um, pro into – Northampton Town, who I believe were just promoted into League One, um, and just like uh, Wickham were promoted into the Championship. Wow, I forgot Wickham got promoted into the Championship. I believe. I hope they don't go down automatically. But those are two players that I just really like to use, just because they have personal ties to me. But enough of career mode. There's something else we need to talk about this episode. And that is these FIFA 21 Chelsea ratings. Now, do you do you have the picture pulled up I sent you? Yes. Okay. So we're going to start from the top, and then we're going to work our way down to the lowest rated one. And then we're going to try and predict um, most of the other ones that have not been officially revealed. But, yeah. Um, and I have to say, before I say any awful things about EA on this podcast and everything. I have a theory about all this. I have a theory that I think is very, very plausible. I believe everyone has received a downgrade in overall rating to compensate for the fact that EA released multiple promo and specialized cards last year with, with duplicate ratings. Like some people had informs and some people had player of the month and they would be the same rating. I think them lowering the ratings of lots of these players are ways to compensate for that and make sure it won't happen. 
But I will also say this. I don't think they treated everybody equally when downgrading and justice ratings, but I digress. Let's get into it. We're going to start off at the the big man, but also the little man, Angolo Conte. 88 rated. Now, you look at his face stats and everything, and they are basically the same from last year. They, It doesn't look like they changed too much. He did technically get a downgrade in some pace and everything. I believe in physicality too, but he is getting, uh, he is only getting older and I think he's, he's closing in on 30, isn't he? I believe, I believe he will be 30 this year. Yes. Oh gosh. (laughs) Some people would say we need to cash in on him while we can, but personally I'm on the train where I would like to see Conte retire with us, but that's just me. That's, that's, that's just personal stuff. So, Conte, let's see. Last year, he was an 89 rated, so he's gone down one rating. And he has gone down only one pace stat and a defensive physical. And that's really what kind of matters for a CDM. So, as far as Conte goes, I'm not too mad about this. Because, like I said, I'm trying to be okay with the fact that almost everyone, even Messi and Ronaldo, got downgraded this year. Um, So... There's not much I can say about Conte saying I don't think he was really done super dirty on any of these stats. So we're moving on, and we're going to drop down a couple of ratings to someone who arguably shouldn't have dropped down this much, but it was probably due to age. Our new man, Tiago Silva, 85 rated. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was captaining a side that went to the Champions League final, one, probably a domestic double or treble for PSG because that's probably what they do every year, I would think I wouldn't drop two ratings from 87. You'd think that. You'd think that. Not to mention, it, even though it's only three points on pace, going from the 60s to the 50s looks like you lost a leg. Yeah, that 59 pace, that just looks, that looks horrible. Looks disgusting, doesn't it? And not to mention, like, he I did mean, lose a point of defensive physicality, too. Right. I mean, just for for reference, Marcus Alonso has 65 pace. And I would, I'm, I'm a, I, I would bet, I'm not, not seeing Tiago Silva run much, but I would bet anyone, let alone Tiago Silva, can beat Marcus Alonso in a race. I put money on that. I mean, that's just pitiful. It's pretty sad. Now, granted, I did. I do kind of forget sometimes. Tiago Silva's thirty six. That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, I, just the fifty nine looks so bad, man. It looks so it look, bad. It looks terrible. <laughs> but I will. I will say, being able to say that at thirty six years old, you have an eighty five rating hand FIFA. I don't think many people can boast that. Maybe it's Latin. Gianluigi Buffon. So there was? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thought I heard a sound or something. Thought maybe you just going to... It might kick me out. No. Well, you're back. Okay. Moving on to our next one. Let's see. I got I got three to choose from, and you know, let's talk about ZH because the next two I'm probably going to go off a little bit. So ZH I can be a little more tame on. 
Ziyech stayed at 85 rated. Now, I mean, he won. You could say he didn't, and he did, but he won the, the air division again. He won, I believe, player of the season for Ajax. And, uh, well, he got a team of the season. He got several special cards. I don't know what much more this guy could do to ask for just a plus one. But Ziyech, I think I'm surprised. I'm 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 surprised, and I'm not surprised that he went from uh, he stayed at a cam versus a right wing because I thought that EA normally uh, puts the card positioning at whatever his team will register ha- him as on like the team sheet, and I don't think Ziyech is re- uh, registered as a cam I, or like a midfield. Well, he could be a midfielder technically, but um, I believe he's going to be a winger. It'll, so we'll probably see some special cards come out for Ziyech, as he does have a one-to-watch card, but his informs, I bet you, will come out as a right winger. And they should. Yeah. He, and from last year to this year, he got one shooting upgrade and one passing upgrade. So I would say if you're going to keep his rating the same, you st- um, and I've seen this in other people who've gotten their stats increased. I think Ziyech deserved um, – he deserved a few more on his uh, shooting and passing. At least his dribbling. His dribbling's 83. I think I think that's too low. He's They call him the wizard. Absolutely, man. Yeah, 83 is too low on his dribble. Yeah. And to, not to mention, he has five-star skills, skill moves. I, I don't know how you can have 83 dribbling and having five-star skill moves. I'm pretty sure having five-star skill moves gets you at least 86 in his book. It should. It should. So, going on to our next one, Mr. King Kai Havertz. Probably, uh, debatably, the biggest signing this transfer window for us. Some some would probably say Werner. Some would say Havertz. I'm going to go with Havertz on this one, personally. Now, 84 to 85. He did get an increase of one after having a, f- a pretty great season. Some good stats. He got no pace increase. He got one dribbling increase. Three shot increase, which is pretty decent. Um, and two physical. So he got some stats upgrades. But for plus one overall, I expected a little more. But overall, this 85 card... Medium, medium, work rate, four-star, four-star. It's pretty nasty, bro. I, I'm going to say, even though he probably deserved more, this card's still pretty nasty. Oh, I agree. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I think he can get a temporary shooting. But, yeah, it's a big card. Wes, your audio is sounding a little kerfuffled here. You got a double connect or something? See, it's telling me that I'll let it obviously still here, so I'll just let it roll. That might be why some people were saying that this anchor app is slightly questionable. But until we find something else, we roll with the punches, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So going into the next one, which I'm going to go off on for a second, Timo Werner. Because his rating did not stay the same. It was downgraded 
by one. And I'm going to say is, if you're going to give Bruno Fernandes a plus two rating from 85 to 87, but you can't even keep Timo Werner's 86, period, you have to downgrade him, there has to be some kind of agenda here, right? I don't even think so. I feel like I don't even want to get started on Bruno. No, I... I'm not even going to start on, on Bruno Fernandes. But one pace downgrade, one shot downgrade, and two uh, two passing downgrade, Timo Werner has been utterly disrespected by EA Sports. He had one of the best seasons to date. To date. In pro- actually, no, he probably had the best season in his career to date. And he gets minus one on FIFA. Now, I'm, I'm, Timo looks like the type of guy who probably doesn't spend his days playing FIFA. But if he saw his ratings, I think even he'd be a little offended. Let's see. Aspili Cueta somehow kept 84. He had a good season. He had a good season, in my opinion. But I'm surprised he kept 84 just. Well, for anybody that was listening before, apparently this app likes to kick us off after 45 minutes running and slight audio issues. So this is going to be part two of episode one. Um, Probably might not sound like it when we put it all together, but Wes, you back with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, your audio sounds good too. So it sounds like we're back up to regular things. So let's keep going. Um, so basically, I finished talking about Timo Werner and I'm going into our boy that we love so much, Dave. Uh, so, one, one thing I want to say, I don't know if it was heard on the last part about Timo, is I get 91 is a high number, but 90, that dude is so much faster than that. So much faster. Oh, for sure. No, he's, we're probably going to see see what he actually looks like speed-wise. I would love to see against Brighton a through ball from Kai Havertz and to see how fast he could run after it. Oh, absolutely. No, for sure. So, getting into Espelicueta's rating, you know, he had a good season. He definitely had a good season, in my opinion. But I'm actually very surprised he kept 84 rating. Like, based on how everyone else's ratings were trending, and the fact he only got another year older. I'm actually very surprised he kept 84, but he did get downgraded stats-wise. He lost three pace, which going from 70 to 67 is guy going from the 60s to 50s for Thiago Silva. It just doesn't look pretty. No one likes to see that on a pullback on FIFA. No, not at all. No. And he did lose uh, one defensive, and if anything, I think his defense is a little low. I think that man is a superb defender, but not to say much on Espelicueta other than he lost a toe. But, um, okay, going into our next one. Now, here is a highly controversial one. Kovacic, 83 rated. Now, granted, he did get an upgrade from 82 rated, but I think a lot of people would have been vouching for an 85 rated card on this game. I mean, he, he was our player of the season. So. He was our player this season. He even got a team of the season card, but I guess that's just not good enough for EA, is it? No, not not since we don't wear red. 
<laughs> no, that's a great that's a great way to put it. Not since we don't wear red. Well, actually, that's not true. I mean, yeah, that's have you seen true, the third kids? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're we're at part Crystal Palace now, didn't you hear? Yeah. Hey, they didn't look too bad today, actually. That you know they didn't, and you know what I did? Uh, my fantasy Premier League team. I for, I forgot that. Uh, what was it Aston Villa? Weren't high ever seen. Um, Aston Villa weren't playing today, so I was like, "Oh, I don't want to start off for the the year with one player not getting any points." So I and I didn't. I forgot this that you get a free transfer every week, and I might bring yeah. him back. But I brought in Wilfred Zaha, and it wasn't that bad of a move, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He looked good today. No, he did. I he he should have. I thought he was on side. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought he was on sides for that second goal. Yeah, honestly, um, and I think I if I don't know if this is how it works, but I think you get two or three extra points depending on if you get man of the match or not. But I don't know how long they wait until they um, announce that. I think uh, I don't think it goes into the fantasy thing until like the weekend's over, like all the games are over. But it could be that could be true. But going back to Kova. So he got plus one upgrade, but he lost the pace points for some reason. He's not, and he's not slow. We've seen when he no, accelerates no, no, no. into a dribbling. That man's fast. Yes, but he, yes. I mean, he can break through the lines. Yeah, his his shooting is surprisingly high to me, considering he's only had I think th- maybe thirty five goals in his career, and his career has actually been going since I think two thousand eleven. Believe it or not. Yeah, that's that's funny. You say, I mean, I agree completely. It's too high, and it's just a sixty-nine. Yeah, cheeky sixty-nine for shooting. <laughs> and we're gonna come back to the shooting cat stat because there's something I keep pointing out about another player's shooting stat. But we'll talk about that when he comes up. But so eighty-seven dribbling. He got a little. He got one point boost. He got two points on passing. I think that's fair. Um, his defending went up t- two points. I think. That's probably fair too, considering that he played in the pivot a lot last season. Yeah. But overall, he has a slightly well-rounded card. But I definitely think that Kovacic, he was deserving of at least an eighty-four in this game with the regressions and everything. But you know, EA just can't make everyone happy. He might get another card. Yeah. So next uh, person we're going to go into, Jorginho. No change. 83 overall. I would say he had a pretty good season. He was very prominent in the first half of the season. He used less in the second half, but uh, when that pivot system with uh, Kovacic, it was beautiful. It was magic. He was doing great. But EA said, you will stay at the same rating. You will lose one dribbling. You will get two shooting. I guess that his penalty stats must have gone up a lot. And you will get two extra defense. Now, I think that defense uh, upgrade was justified as he actually posted up some pretty impressive stats um, in the pivot with Kova, but uh, 55 pace still is a curse. And goodness, that actually might be lower than Thiago Silva. I think, I think it is. is. Wow. I didn't think anybody would uh, be slower than that, but Jorginho is. Now, I'll say this. I play, I play with Jorginho in squad battles on FIFA. He does feel that slow, I think. He drags. Yes, yes. But yeah, Jorginho gonna go back into the trade fodder pile for this year. Okay, now yeah, time to go on. When we move on in career mode. 
<laughs> yeah, sadly. And it's nothing against him as a person. It's literally just he's not suited to the game. That's all. Yeah, he doesn't fit in, in, in real life what Chelsea want to do or in FIFA what we want to do. Yeah, and that's a whole nother topic we'll probably get into on one of our episodes about Chelsea moving forward this season is what's going to happen to Jorginho, but this is mainly just about the FIFA ratings. Now, going into one, I like to toot my own horn with because I like it when I predict stuff correctly, and I would have never predicted any of these other ratings correctly because I didn't think EA were going to go in this direction at all with the downgrades and everything, but this one was an upgrade. This one was a 79 to 81 upgrade, and I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's Captain America, Christian Pulisic. Dun, dun, dun. He is now an 81 rated, get this, according to EA's picture, non-rare gold card. How does yeah, that make that sense? Make he has 89 sense. pace. I think that's low. I, he, he got a pace reduction by one, and he went up two ratings. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, we're not talking about other people too much, but I don't know if you saw, Jaden Sancho and Sir Shanabri look like they lost a leg on their FIFA stats. They both got downgraded like seven pace points. I did see that. Yeah, that again, that doesn't make any sense either. I mean, unless they're just trying to slow the game down itself, like to, for something with the gameplay, but that's, I don't know, that's just not right. No, it, it's not right at all. It, we're just going to say it's flat out wrong. And I think that the Bird Box uh, ratings committee over at EA is that they should be surprised if they got a job after this. They really should, but EA probably don't yeah, care. There's been a lot of backlash, and fair yeah. enough, too. It's yeah. fair backlash. So a plus two rating, what does it get Pulisic? Minus one pace, so where he has 89 pace, he gets plus one in physical, he gets plus one defending, plus one dribbling, plus two passing, and plus two shooting. Now, overall, you could say, okay, he's gaining a marginal upgrade that's nice, but when you actually look at the, what the, the face stats actually are, it's still pretty bad. 72 passing and 70 shot, I think, are what we really have to talk about here. 70 shot. What what did I say, Wes? What did I always say to you about the shooting? That it's only one point ahead of Kovacic. How many? Do you know and how many goals Kovacic got this season? Probably two. I think two, I two think it was three, two. Something like that. I think he got one in the Valencia game, and I think he got another one. Maybe Lille. I don't know. It, it basically Kovacic doesn't shoot. Because Kova know he doesn't shoot well. Yes. But yet he still has a 69-rated shot, and it's one below Christian Pulisic, who had a phenomenal restart career season. At whatever you want to call it, resurgence is probably the best way to demonstrate how this man could, some yeah, ca- yeah. could say carried our team. Oh, he dominated the Premier League and after the restart. I think he got nine goals this season. I don't know off the top of my head, but he got he got close to ten. He got close to ten for sure. And he got I think it was like nine and eight. Nine and eight, and like nine goals and eight assists. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, well seventy is a crime. Seventy oh, shot is an absolute crime. But can't spend all two all day on Christian Pulisic. I'm sure he'll be getting a special card before we know it. And I'm I'm, I'm I'm also going to say this right now. I think the non-rare gold is a mistake. I think he's actually going to be a shiny gold. I think it's just a texture thing that they might have messed up on. But that happens. I hope so. 
Now, if you're going to give the next guy one, or the next guy I think you're going to talk about a red card, then Pulisic definitely deserves one. Yeah, now this guy, <laughs> this one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I think it's just because he got so many goals this season, which aren't, isn't even a lot, but it's a lot for a fullback maybe. And we're talking about Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso stays at 81 rated for us. And he, overall, he doesn't change too much. He loses a passing stat, stay, stays the same physical, loses two defending, rightly so, um, loses one pace, and gain two sh- shooting. Now, I'd say this is probably actually a fairly accurate rating update. But 81 rare, I would have put him at... 79 non-rare probably yes i agree yeah <laughs> and in my tweet i said shooting upgrade but overall downgrade on stats across the board sounds about right yeah now the next guy we're going to talk about who did get downgraded from a shiny rare to a non-rare and that is agent rudy he went from an 82 to an 81 which some would say was a deserved downgrade but he on his face stats actually he got better slightly. Okay, he lost two pace, which I actually I would argue Rudiger is actually very fast. If you have you seen this man haul ass? Yeah, well, I mean, and and if you look at his pace, even I mean I agree it should be higher, but even at what it is compared to another defender that we have, who I feel like is extremely fast. I know what you're talking about. They don't, I mean, well, actually, you know, looking to one of our new signings that's a defender and another center back who I believe are both faster than Rudiger. Yeah, it could be. But I guess you can't have uh, you can't have 80 to 90 pace rated center backs at the start of the game, can you? That's true. That's true. But it looks like we're seeing uh, Rudiger go from 72 pace down to 70 pace. He's teetering the line between playable and non-playable there. I think at the start of the game, Rudiger will be a playable card. Um, but he lo- he gains two physical. He went from 78 to 80 physical, which kind of surprises me because Rudiger kind of got spun around and bodied on some points this season. And all I know is 64 dribbling should have gone down because I'm pretty sure the balance stat is in that category. And I saw this man get... You just get knocked. He was on the ground a lot. He was on the ground a lot, and I, I saw once, um, one highlight where the man just literally got spun around in a circle, and it was very sad. But now, this might be a more disrespectful downgrade than it was to Timo Werner, and we're talking about the handsome Frenchman Olivier Giroud. 82 to 79. I can't say how much disrespect has been put on this man because not only did he go down three overall ratings, he went down from 46 pace, which is, which is ugly enough, to 39 pace. <laughs> yeah, 39. That's that's crazy. Like, I mean, I mean, I feel like if you're a professional athlete, you have above 39 pace, period. I don't yeah. care who you are, even Marcus Alonso. And it'd be crazy. Um, I saw someone post a stat about um, the disrespect that he's getting, and they went so far into analyzing the bronze strikers, and they said 
There is a total of, I think, 11 bronze strikers that have less pace than Giroud. Every other bronze striker has more pace than him. How bad is wow. that? Yeah, that's that's crazy. No. He also lost two dribbling, lost two physicality, lost one passing, lost two shooting. And I thought I think Giroud is a great shooter. I think he's a natural finisher, honestly. I mean, oh, you see some of these goals he scored this year. And Giroud obviously was not the fastest guy in the field. But this man didn't drag at 39 pace. I mean, someone's not watching these games. I think every team, every major team should have their own analysis person for EA to really make these ratings accurate. But no one's going to be using Giroud this year. Poor man. He should be frowning his card. He has a cheeky little smile on his card. But I would be really pissed about those stats if I cared about, if I had a FIFA card. You can actually make your own custom FIFA cards. Did you know that? I have seen that, yes. I might eventually have to make one um, for myself. I I don't know if I would be generous or if I would be very realistic. But I think if I'm going to put something on my wall that has me in a FIFA card stat, I got to go pretty high. Yeah, I got to yeah, be generous. Yeah. You, can't, you can't be out there rating yourself like a, a 67. No, I can't be too honest. <laughs> so <laughs> going to the next player, the one who I believe you said is actually – much faster than people realize. Tell me if I'm wrong. Andreas Christensen. Uh, I was actually talking about the other defender, but yes, Christensen's pace I don't feel like is is where it should be either. Oh, I definitely know where you meant with this, but yeah, I actually think Christensen's faster than people give him credit for. I really do. Um, yeah. But what we see here is Christensen go from an 80 to a 79 rated card. Um he lost two pace, one dribbling. Um, he didn't lose any defending or physicality or shot or passing. Wow, shots 31. That's – yeah, I don't think I've seen him shoot once. <laughs> Probably not a bad thing if he's at 31. But minus two pace and one dribbling, It, I think it's the pace really that gets me because I don't think anything showed that he was really slow. I think it would have been fairer to take away a dribbling and a passing, maybe even a physicality stat. I was going to say a physicality, lower. yeah. Oh, yeah. Physicality, I think 72. It's a little generous. I, mean, I would have put him at 68, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I should make it's these not... I should make these stats. I know these guys better. <laughs> like you said, I think it's a good idea that every team should have their own their own guy. Because I feel like even to a certain extent, some of us fans would be more realistic than this stuff is. And, and it's, surprising we're, we're to me, be, it's surprising to me because – they have so many uh, stat trackers with like those sports bra looking um, physical analysis uh, devices. You know, the ones yeah. that uh, basically um, check your metrics and everything. Um, I was listening to an episode of the by- um Wait, no, it wasn't the byline. It was actually, I think, uh, SW6 Daily on Spotify with Demi. And um, they had on the guy who was talking about um, like stat analysis um, they they had a certain name for it. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But basically saying that they take all these stats um, and it's being evolved more than ever to analyze these players and see how they work into a team before even acquiring them. And all I'm saying is FIFA must never have looked at that because clearly they didn't see any of these players' metrics or stats that they're posting. No. No. So, moving on. We got our new man, Ben Chilwell. He actually got Chili an upgrade. B. He actually got a fair. He actually got a fair upgrade. Yeah, Mr. Chili B, 
And he went from 79 to 81 rated. I think that's fair. Um, but let's see what his stats say. He got two um, – he went down two in pace to 76 pace. He went – That's wrong. Yeah, that, that's definitely wrong. He went up one dribbling, up one defense, no physical change, three in passing. I think that's fair. And he went up three in shooting. And after that Golasso, I think he scored against Watford in the restart. I think you have to give a shooting upgrade because that was a banger. I think any banger you score in a season that's a Golasso, it's an automatic shooting upgrade that you need, even if you don't get a team of the season or team of the week. I mean, but overall, he's fairly well rounded. He's still a better option than Marcus Alonso, but I don't think anyone wants to have a non rare goal in their team. There's something just aesthetically disgusting about it. And. I think we're going to see an inform from him eventually, and then maybe he'll be better. But overall, I think they got this one a little bit wrong. Yeah, some of his, his stats aren't bad, but just the the pace is that, – that just gets me. Because, I mean, I one of the reasons him. we got him is, is because of his speed on the outside. I think 80 would have been fair. Agreed, yeah. yeah. Especially considering his 79-rated card had 78 pace as base. That's what I don't get. He he, yeah. he's, he's, he's a spring chicken. He's like 23. You, you just get faster at that point. Yeah. Now, going on to the next one, probably one of my favorite cards to use at the beginning of the game, and he, he might be expensive, this FIFA, because he's going to be a solid center back. And this is the guy we're finally getting to it. You say is faster than he's giving credit for. Oh, yeah, this, this pace is criminal. This, now that I look about it, this is bad. 67 pace for Kurt Zuma. Yeah, that's... Granted, he went up three from 64 and 80, which 64 is bad because this man is probably 76 pace at least. Yes, yes. He he can get back there. He he is 6'3", I believe. 6'3", or 6'4", one of the two. But this man hauls ass. Like, he trucks down the field, and didn't change from an 80 overall, which I think is fair, considering everything else got downgraded. He didn't have the best season at times, but then he got really good. So considering we saw Christensen and Rudiger both get downgraded, Zuma not getting downgraded is probably a positive in itself. But also, because his stats went up on the face stats, he got two more defensive, one more physicality, two more passing, and three more pace. That's a solid upgrade for not having an overall stat change. So to be clear, that's 67 pace, 80 defensive, 84 physicality. Any FIFA buzz know you slap a shadow on him, this man will carry you at least for the few, maybe a few months into FIFA. Yes. Yeah, I think he's going to have a hell of a season. I think so too. I wouldn't be surprised. And I think he, I think he and Thiago Silva will be the starting partnership probably and um as we'll go into things we hope to see this season i'll just give a little tidbit one of them is i want to see a center back partnership and i want to see it stay that way for all the premier league games if possible yeah yeah i agree now, i feel like we changed too much last year no for certain and i think that was kind of that was kind of something i don't blame frank for doing Maybe he had to feel it out. Maybe he didn't feel like he got enough of it in preseason. 
especially with Tomori starting out and um, getting his feet wet in the Premier League. And then he's going back, maybe I need more experience and maybe I need Rudiger and Christensen center back. I think it was really just uh, he was trying to test the waters with every possibility. But yeah, Rudiger, Rudiger was hurt at the beginning of last season, was he? wasn't he? Yeah, no, actually, now that you think about it, I think he didn't come back until November or December. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. But moving into our next player, this man, I might say, is my favorite player to use at the beginning of every FIFA because he's so well-rounded normally. And actually, I always pack him for some reason. He always slides into my packs. And that is the man, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Got a downgrade for one point. That's fair. He was hurt for most of the season. And I've seen some players who were hurt on FIFA get sliced in half. <laughs> so 79 to 78 rate is what we're looking at. We're looking at one pace downgrade. Um, that's it. He lost one pace and he got one overall decrease. I, I think that's a dub. I think the fact that he didn't oh, yeah. lose much more than one pace and he still at 69 pace is actually fairly uh, fairly safe. 69 pace, I think as a base stat, is fair. He's not super fast, but he goes in stride. He's a powerful dribbler because he will not get um, shook off the ball. You know when he's dribbling, the man's charging. Am I wrong or am I right? I agree. Yeah, I mean, his physicality of 79, which I mean, and I think this just takes back to the earlier Drew comments. I mean, Drew's physicality is only a 77, but I feel like that's fair for Ruben. No, for certain. I think also 80 dribbling is actually pretty generous when it comes to being a 78-rated non-rare gold. Yes. Yeah. I would love to see a Ruben inform. I think it was two FIFAs ago. We got like a a domestic man or not? Sorry, domestic. I think it was a European man of the match card. Um, in our Europa Probably League campaign, I think you got the hat the hat trick. I believe yeah. I don't remember who was against, but um, yeah, I can't wait to use Ruben. And I know one other player I'm definitely going to use, and that's probably going to be Billy Gilmore, who we will later yeah, predict coming up here soon. Okay. And it's coming down to our last rating that's been confirmed. Ross, the is he a boss or not, Barkley. And whenever he – I always love to call him Ross the boss, Barkley, whenever he does well. Or if he does bad, Ross the loss, Barkley. I like it. But – so he got shifted to center mid uh, from a cam. He got shifted from 79 to 78 rated, which he did – people will say Ross Barkley – is a mess and everything. And I will agree. He's a, he's like Christensen. He's very wishy-washy, but when he's good, he's good. And Ross to me had some impressive performances this season. Granted, he had some performances where he really didn't stand out, but at the same time, I thought he did fairly well. And EA probably thought the same thing because Ross Barkley did an anomaly here. He went down overall and he did not lose one face stat. He went down from 79 to 78, and he got an increase of one in defensive, one passing, and one in shot. And everything else stayed the same. How that happens? I'm not too sure. Not really. His injury probably went down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but um, he's also he's also fun. He's all him and Ruben are two cards that are very good to use at the beginning of the game because they're tall, they're well rounded, and honestly, they can score a banger or two. That is something I can testify to for the past year or two. So. That is the end of the confirmed ratings and everything. That's going over our reactions to the ratings. Now, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to kind of go over what we think the other players are going to be. Now, I don't know if you caught on to this, but there was one player I left out there who probably should be as bad as this season went, but should still probably be above a 78 rated, which is what Barkley finished on. Do you know who I'm getting at? I think I think you're going with the goalkeeper. I'm going with Keppa. Keppa was a I believe an eighty four rated goalkeeper this season. And that definitely is getting downgraded. One hundred percent getting downgraded. But here's the thing. Has EA and Chelsea intentionally left Keppa out of promotionals? And everything, which Real Madrid also did with Gareth Bale. And we could say that Gareth Bale, in the eyes of Real Madrid's coach, and Kepa, in the eyes of Frank Lampard, probably seen in the same regards. But I have to think this was an intentional uh, leaving him out of the promotion because I find it very hard to believe he would be downgraded from 84 to 78 despite what is actually an historically bad season for him. Yeah, I can't say. I mean, I could see, you know, 79, 80. Hmm. Not that I rate him at all, but I mean, I could see him dropping that, but below that seems a bit much. I think, um, I believe actually the season before he came to Chelsea, he had an 82 rated uh, refresh card for Atletico Bilbao, I believe it was. And honestly, if I was to say if I was to downgrade him or something, I would put him at eighty one, eighty one or eighty, because he had a terrible season. He's still a starting goalkeeper though, which also brings a question. We can talk about this one because um, we're talking about goalkeepers. But even though he's not done an official Chelsea announcement, let's go ahead and talk about uh, Edward Mendy. Edward Mendy is a 77-rated goalkeeper on FIFA 20 right now. He, ha- he I believe he got Rens into Champions League. Um, I, ca- I think they finished like third or fourth in Liga 1. Third. And third? Okay, that's actually yeah. pretty good for Rens, I believe. Um, yeah. Definitely didn't see that one coming. But he got his team to Champions League season. I believe he was statistically rated the second or third best goalkeeper in the league. So from 77-rated, despite everything – with the ratings, what do you think? 79? I'm thinking 79 or 80, yeah. 79 or 80? I think it's, it's probably fair. That is probably a fair assessment. Now, let's see. For Kappa, what are we settling on? Are you going with 80 or you want to go with 81? Um, I'll go with 80. I could see them making the him and Mindy similar ratings. Yeah. I feel like they got to give Kepa the higher rating just because he's a starter for, you know, political reasons and whatnot. But I'm going to say Kepa 81, uh, Mendy 79. We'll go with that um, for mine. And we'll go for 80 
and 79 for yours respectively too. Now let's see who else was left out. Um, Emerson. Now Emerson, we might not, it's questionable if we'll see a, a Chelsea card for him because he was, let's see, he was 77 rated if I believe correctly. Yeah, he's 77 rated on FIFA 20, linked with Inter, but it hasn't gotten so concrete yet that it looks like he's about to transfer. So, for a guy that had a terrible season, don't think about it too much, shout out a rating. 76. 76? I think 76 is fair, too. I think he had a good – because some will forget he actually started the season really well right yeah, before you get that At the beginning of the season, he was arguably the best left back in the Premier League. Well, it could have been, man. What could have been? But, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll be quick on that one. Settle at 76 just because uh, we might not even see him for too long. Now, here's an interesting one. Reese James. Reese James is due an upgrade. I think that can be said enough. Absolutely. Now let's see. For uh, just for reference, um, because I'm looking at all this one footbin, he's set, he's a 73 rated silver currently on FIFA 20. Never got an upgrade of future stars. Just 73 rated. I'm gonna start this off, and for those still listening, none of these ratings we're predicting are based on. Um, well, okay, I can't say that. We, they're based on what we think. They they might be personally, but also, I I always say mine based on what I think EA would put rather than what I think they deserve. To make that clear, right. if ever I, right. I predict, it's not what they deserve because Reese James probably deserves to be like eighty four rated right back or something. But I will say, I think EA will make him a seventy six or seventy seven rated right back at the start, and I'm probably gonna go with seventy seven. Yeah, I agree. I, w- I would say I was going to say 78 at the highest, but I was thinking more 76, 77. He may even be, they, with the way they're doing things this year, he may even be a 75, but that's too that's too low for him. Uh-oh. God, I hate to think about that. Hate because you know what's funny is his 73-rated card in FIFA 20, it's actually pretty usable. Like, granted, you can't play it against some of the teams you come against, but if you're playing a squad out or something, he's very solid. So I can only think about a 77-rated card. Be fairly expensive at the start of the game, and he's going to be solid. Yeah. Okay, going into another youngster here, Bikayo Tamori. Bikayo Tamori got a Future Stars card, if you remember, this year. Um, I think it was an 88-rated card he ended up with. Um, or Sorry, 87. And he got, he got upgraded already in the winter restart from 72-rated silver to 77 rated center back. So um, that's actually pretty generous for EA. And he still had a pretty decent season, but he got that upgrade based on the first half of the season. And you probably remember, we really didn't see much of Tomori the second half of the season, which still to this day is kind of a suspicious situation because they said it was to an injury. was... Yeah, I don't think they ever really said what his injury was. I think I lost you, man. Oh, we're back there. Yeah. Okay. I had some weird connection interrupted. 
But okay. yeah, yeah. Did you? You said you never heard what the injury was. I don't. I don't remember what they they said what the injury was. Yeah, I thought it was really bizarre that he just. It was like he dropped off the face of the earth, kind of. Right. Well, I mean, there was a lot of injuries like last year, like Pulisic's injury, that oh they're out three weeks and then twelve weeks later. No, that's true. It's sometimes they're kind of minimized in the publics, but then next thing you know, they're just like, they're just not fit. They're just not fit. Just not fit. And then the next thing you know, COVID happens, a restart comes around, and they're finally playing again. But yeah. even Tamori did not play in the restart, did he? No, I think at that point, like, without being game short, man, it's just hard to, especially as much as we change center backs. No, that's fair. It should be too hard to bring him back in, I think. But I think if – I wouldn't be opposed to him staying this year. I'd rather get rid of one of the other, Rudiger or Christensen. But... I think I'd like – I was saying I'd like Tamori to go out on loan. Or not that I want him to go out on loan. That if he goes out on loan, I'm okay with it and happy because he's going to get consistent game time. But I actually prefer he stays because I think he's going to be a future leader. And he's going to be a future leader center back. And I think he could learn something from Thiago Silva, and that's really what I'm hoping he takes away this season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so as far as ratings goes, he got 77 last season. I'm going to say he stays at 77. Uh, I'm going to go 76 just because since it's been so long since he played. Hmm. Fair enough. It could be. could be. It'd be interesting. To see how EA turned this one. So we're going to head, say, 76-77 for Fikayo Tamori. So let's see. Um, who still has not... Oh, we didn't go... I forgot. I'm sorry. I skipped over this one because I was trying to go um, kind of um, sequentially down based on the overall rating. But I did skip uh, one person that was confirmed. And that's Mason Mount. Mason Mount um, went from i think a 70 he did go future stars card he got an 88 future stars card he went from a 75 at the beginning of the year to 79 which was very generous and now he's confirmed for 80 so let me bring that one back up okay he's got a decent upgrade he got plus one pace plus one dribbling plus three shooting plus two passing um, no defensive upgrade, and he got plus three physicality. Now, overall, he's got a very well-rounded card. Nice, shiny card. He got upgraded from a non-rare. And I think his defending is actually kind of low, considering he he actually... With the pressing, he does. Yeah, honestly, with the pressing, and not to mention, I've watched him put in some tackles. He's pretty sturdy on the ball when he puts in a tackle. I mean, I think that when he's going to play center mid more this, this year, I think it will go up some eventually. But overall... I'd say this is a very fair card for Mason. Agreed, yeah. yeah. I think I think this year we'll see him more, and I think the position he plays the best in, and that's the eight. Yeah, probably probably is going to be fairly accurate. So before, I had to say that one before I forgot. I'm going down a roster here, and I saw Mount. Now, let's see. Poor, poor Billy Gilmore. God, that struck me when I heard that he had, had surgery that ruled him out for – Quite a little bit. I, and it was training, too, man. It was training that did it. Yeah. Or actually, he might have... 
Was it training, or did he take a knock in the game before? I don't know. I mean, I think he got hurt in the uh, – who was it? Was it Man City? It was like the – it was uh, – I think it was before that. I think it was the first game of the restart. Was huh. it Leicester? Was it, was it Leicester? No. Because Le- Leicester – we didn't play Leicester in the league again. We played them in the uh, FA Cup. Uh, was it Aston Villa? It was Aston Villa. I think it was Aston Villa away. Right, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So, let's see. Billy, this season, he he had, he had didn't play that much. But when he played, the man put in two man-of-the-match performances and outstanding wins against both Merseyside teams, Everton and um, – wait, Liverpool is Merseyside, right? Yes, I believe holy, so. Holy crap. I was like, don't, don't let me say that and get that wrong on live air. But, yeah. Um, so, she started at 62 rated, and he got a man of the match card for 72 rated. And even though he didn't play too much, I think he's going to get a silver this year. I think we're going to see a 72 rated Billy Gilmore. I think that seems fair. I think if he uh, if he wouldn't have got hurt and he'd have played the rest of the the restart, I think you might have seen a seventy five. But I think a seventy two, seventy three seems yeah. fair. I think you're right. I think he'll get that silver upgrade. Yeah, and seventy four is the threshold, so he's probably going to be a rare silver, and that's going up from a bronze sixty two. So I'd say minimal sixty nine, max seventy two. I'm going to say max seventy two. But I would be happy for more if you're listening, EA. Please, no, please, please treat him to Love something Billy nice. the Kid. Billy the Kid. Now, I'm not going to go over many of the lone players or anything like Tino Andrin or Mondo Brogia. This is more people we could see featuring the first team. Uh, we got a couple left. Tammy Abraham. Now, Tammy, Ooh. some write him off, even though he didn't do as much the second half of the season. But if it wasn't for this man, I do not think we would have been as near the top as we were. Because he got the most goals, the entire team. I think he finished with 14 Premier League goals, maybe. 15. I think it was 15. 15? It was 15. I think it was 15. That's amazing for a debut season. That was more than Drogba oh, got for his debut season, I think. Now, okay, and some, some – I always say that these young players played their debut season for Chelsea and everything, or in the Premier League. Tammy technically didn't. I have his debut season with you Chelsea. Can't count Swansea. Swansea was a, it was a write-off. It was terrible. It was the wrong place, wrong time. This is his debut Premier League season. Come on, people. Let's let's be honest. But Sammy started out at seventy-six rated, and he did not get a winter refresh upgrade, which I thought was criminal because he already had two informs at this point. He had gotten to an eighty-four rated inform, I think, but he did not get. He should have got to seventy-nine rated. I thought. Just a 79 rated at least. But that's to say, and also keep in mind, he was not in the promotional. He's a big player for Chelsea, but he was not in the promotional. So which is why I'm going to say he's going to be a max of 78. That's crazy, yeah. Because I think, I mean, I think he deserves, if if Mount gets an 80, I think Tammy deserved an, an 80. I would but, say the same. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think since he's not in the promotional, it's it's got to be a max seventy eight. I mean, I yeah. would think it since they use some of the seventy eights, I would 
I would think they would have used him, but yeah, yeah, it seems so weird I... that he didn't put Tammy in there, considering he was such a huge face for us last season. But I gotta kind of go with the logic. Like I said, Kappa was gone too, but I have no—I feel like there's no reason they would intentionally leave Tammy out. No. Yeah. So we'll say 78 for Tammy Abraham. Callum Hudson Adoy. Callum got a future stars card last year, but you oh, gotta keep in mind those are promotionals; those aren't based on performances he was still a 74 rated silver and he didn't play a whole lot of games compared to what i thought he would have to get an upgrade but i do think he's getting himself out of the silver category finally i think he's gonna get gold i think he's gonna end up with a 70 i'm gonna go 77 77, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're on the same page here. 77 probably is what he's going to end up with. Now, here's something interesting. His future stars card was listed as left mid. His normal card was listed as right wing. We lost two right wingers this year in Pedro and Willian. If you don't give Hudson Adoy a right wing card, there is no right wing player or right mid player on Chelsea, I believe, technically in FIFA. Because Pulisic right. is left wing, and or Ziyech, oh, it depends. If Ziyech gets an inform, I bet it will be for right wing. But as a base cards, nobody will be a right sided player. Yeah, I think That's they got to put him at right wing. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, so we'll say a seventy-seven right wing card for Callum that will probably be pretty OP at the start of the game. Now, as far as people left. The only one is Batshuayi, but as he just um, completed a move to uh, Crystal Palace, I'm not going to bother rating him. And we lost William Pedro, and Broja does not need to be rated. And honestly, I don't think – is there any transfer that was made that did not – because Ben Chowell was released. Kai, Ziyech, Tiago Silva, and Werner, that's five. Malangsar? Um, Malangsar, yeah. You know, we'll t- we'll take a look at his because he hasn't completed a move yet. Technically, he was training with the first team. That's what I heard. Um, yes. Okay. So I thought he got a future stars card. I thought that's where I remembered it from. I was wrong. He got a foot birthday SBC card, eighty-seven rated, and his SBC was so popular, people liked it. They gave him a summer heat SBC to a ninety-two. So Malong Sar got a ninety-two rated card at the end of the game. And he was 76 initially. Now, I don't think Nice finished that high. And he's still young. So 76, I'm going to say he only gets a plus one to 77, if anything. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. So Longsar, and just for anybody who's listening that doesn't know his stats look um, because they just don't normally use him or anything, his base stat is 70 pace, 76 defending, 76 physical, which is actually a very solid uh, pair of defending stats for a start of the game center back, honestly. If you put an anchor card on him, this guy next to Zuma probably is a bang-up partnership. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of defenders, you know, why don't – I know we talked about whether he'll be on there or not, but if if, if let's say he's on there by Yamba, what, what, do, you, what do you rate him? 64, maybe. Maybe 62. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure he wouldn't get a silver card. No way. 
He would have to. I don't even think Armando Broja is going to get a silver card, and he's going to be out of the test. I think Broja will probably be in the sixty sixties um, below silver, so maybe sixty four or sixty three. So as uh, Xavier and Bunyaba, I honestly don't think he'll be on Ultimate Team. If I always have to guess, because uh, he hasn't, because I don't think they put Academy players in Ultimate Team. I think they only put people on loan because technically, even though they're with Chelsea, they're not with Chelsea's senior team, which is what I believe EA is licensed to. So I think the only chance we could see him is on career mode, sadly. Okay, that makes sense. Well, what would you say if you had to give him a rating? Granted, we probably don't know too much about him. I was going to say, yeah, because I've never, other than like YouTube videos, I haven't seen him play. Yeah. But he looks good on the YouTube videos, but that's not that difficult. Yeah, anyone can make someone look good or bad on YouTube. Yeah. But I am excited about his sign. I am very excited, too. The shout-out number. 63. Okay. Let's see. Um, He might be available in kickoff mode. Kickoff mode has ratings on it itself, and normally those ratings are what some people use to see what people are currently valued at. So we may end up seeing him. And crew mode does have ratings too, so we can try and see that. We'll see if Zambia Mbayamba is on FIFA 21's crew mode, and 63-64 is probably what we'll check him at. And I think that's it. I think think we've gone over all, all of our players. I believe so. Yeah, and... Um, before we conclude the episode, because we're probably going on an hour and a half or so here, and surprisingly, the timer hasn't ran out. Um, I'm going down my Twitter profile. And I made a post about making a few questions to answer, and uh, I did actually get one or two questions, and I need to find it real quick before we end this episode, because like I said, I was going to read it off and give them a shout out too. That is exactly what we're going to do. Let's see. Here we go. And this comes from, we got two questions, both from CFC Tom, who is one of probably, I, I wouldn't call him my big, a biggest follower, but I would say he's someone who I see likes my tweets a lot and interacts with it, which I appreciate. He's got two questions for us. Which signing are you most excited about and where does this transfer market rank? with the best transfer markets from clubs of all time. Okay, so I guess what he's asking is, what player did we sign? Are we most excited for? And um, we'll say, based on what he's uh, ranking, he's saying this transfer market with the tra- best transfer markets from clubs. Do you think he just means transfer window? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Um, so, so, Tom, if you're listening, we're going to address this like you're talking about the transfer window. And let's start with the transfer window one. I would say we killed it, obviously. We're the best probably signing window in all of Europe, I would say, right now. We are probably the best one in all of Europe. But as far as club history goes, I think there's only one other window you can compare this to, and that is when Abramovich bought the club back in, like, what was it, 03 or something? Um, uh, I believe so, yes, 03, 04. So it's really saying what was better – that transfer uh, signing or this one. And I am going to look up the transfer window first. But um, That's the one where they, they said we broke football. Yeah. Um, let's see. The one we broke football. 
Okay, signings. Let's see. Uh, we had reached the Champions League for only the second time in club's history in 2003. And we bought, and Roman Bramovich bought us a few weeks after. Wow. That's a lot more signings than I thought. Goodness. How many signings was it? Take a wild guess. Just a number. Ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. It was wow. 11. And okay, and also the market price so much more tapered down. It, it all all these 11 signings 121 million. We're at like 220 wow. million right now, I think, and we've made six. And two of those were free, I believe. Wait, no. 200 sorry, I'm sorry. 220 million I think is if we get Rice and Mendy, I think. I don't know. I'm not going to think about it too much, but let's go over these. Glenn Johnson, we got him from West Ham United for $6 million. I believe he, he was left – no, right left back. back, I think. Was he? Right back. One of those. Some guy named Jeremy from Real Madrid for $7 million. Damian Duff from Blackburn Rovers for $17 million. Um, I actually don't know who that is, but $17 million is actually pretty big on this one. Wayne Bridge. From Southampton, we got Wayne Bridge for seven million. Okay, so this is a um, name might ring a bell. One Sebastian Verón, FIFA icon, from Manchester United for fifteen million. Joe Cole, the Joe Cole from West Ham United nice. for six point six million, which is arguably probably one of the best signings we ever made. Um, Adrian uh, Mutu from Parma for fifteen point eight million. My goodness. Alexi Smirton from Bordeaux for $3.5 million. And two more icons, Hernan Crespo from Inter Milan for $16.8 million. And Claude Makalele from Real Madrid for $16.6 million. And then the man Scotty P, Scott Parker from Charlton Athletic for $10 million. Who, if I'm not wrong, isn't that the same Scott Parker that is currently managing Fulham? I believe so. So those 11 signings constituted the window that broke football. Now, now I'm not going to lie. The only names I recognize are Glenn Johnson, Day, uh, Wayne Bridge, Veron, Joe Cole, Ernon Crespo, Makalele, and Scott Parker. Those are the only names. Do you recognize any of the other ones I recognize? I said? Uh, I recognize the Duffy. Yeah. I mean, and it's Damien Duff, not Duffy, because I think there's Duff, a Duffy yes. from Brighton. There's actually a Duffy, so two different players for sure. Um. Now, what's the thing about this? They, similar to this window, they addressed almost, it looks like, every position on here shy of a goalkeeper. I'm not sure if any of these guys were goalkeepers. Um, I know Veron midfield, Joe Cole midfield slash attacking, Crespo striker, Makalele midfielder, Scott Parker midfielder, um, and Glenn Johnson fullback. So it's a well-rounded transfer window. Now, granted... Uh, the average of this is about $15 million per player, I would say. And that is a, that's so much lower compared to w- whatever we can get these days for anybody. Hell, you can sell an academy player for like $15 million, I think. I think... Yeah, I was going to say. I think Kyle Walker-Peters got sold from Tottenham. Who, he was an academy player, I think. He got $10 million for him, I think. $10 million. I don't even know if he played for Spurs any. I think he might have played once or twice, but yeah, he wasn't a regular by any means. He might have, but... So, let's see. Let's compare this. 
so we don't we have eleven signings here, and I think we have seven total this window, including Xavier Mumbayamba. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, so we got Ben Shilwell, a fullback, Tiago Silva, a center back, maybe Mendy, who's a goalkeeper. We're not going to say Rice because there's nothing concrete nearly as Mendy for that, but we'll count Mendy for now. Um, Havertz, midfielder, generational talent, and future star. Timo Werner, world-class striker, one of the best in Europe, and potential Golden Poot winner. Hakim Ziyech, the Wizard of London now, Champions League semifinalist last year, not this past season, but the one before that. Um, and won count basically every Eredivisie title every year. I think he played. And um, Xavier Mbayamba, a six-five talent from Barcelona, that is dubbed the next Virgil Van Dyke. Am I missing anybody? Oh, Malongsar, Malongsar. Yeah. Um, who actually I really don't know what people say about Malongsar, but left-footed six-foot I mean, he's, he's tall. Great that much. Yeah. So, it might be biased of me to say this window because I know I know these players much more in context now. But I know from a fact, Erna and Crespo, I don't think, had a huge impact consistently on the team. I don't even think he got that many goals. Veron, I think, only spent like one season at Chelsea, maybe two. Joe Cole, probably the best signing. Either him or McAuley were probably the best signing in that window. For us, then maybe Glenn Johnson. After that, I think Glenn Johnson spent a good few years here. I think he went to Stoke after that, but I know he played at Liverpool at one point. No, that is right, Liverpool. He played at Liverpool because I remember him on FIFA around 2012 or so. Uh, to to address Tom's question, I have to say this window is better, even though it's less I signings. Agree. We've sent a lot more. I think the impact these players are going to have on this team will be overall more significant than the players that window that they had on the team. Right. I do feel like that this window is, is definitely a, a, a statement window like that one was, though, from uh, our fearless leader, the Russian oligarch. <laughs> no, that's for certain. That's for certain. And then to answer his part two of his question, which signing are you most excited about? People, I feel like everyone would say Havertz. But I honestly am just dying to see Timo Werner just ruin some people. Because if there's one thing we've been needing since the days of Costa, it's a prolific striker. And that's nothing to say on Tammy, because Tammy's not near a finished product. Timo Werner is near a finished product, if not already already won. Yeah, Timo, Timo is easily, again, like you said, nothing to Tammy, but easily the best striker we've had since Costa. Who's your you most excited for? I mean, I, I, I'm excited for all of them. I'm excited to see Kai. I'm excited to see Timo. But what what troubles me the most as a Chelsea fan is when we play teams like West Ham and those lower-level teams that, that just want to park the bus and, and hold the block. And I think, as you call him, the, the new Wizard of London – I think he's going to open up so much and make those games easier for us and make it to where we're up to 3 nothing already and then they don't have a chance to begin with. And I think he's going to give a lot of goals to Pulisic. 
with those those balls that you saw in the first four minutes that he played the other day against Brighton. No, for certain. I think I definitely could see Ziyech being a game changer in a creative fashion compared to Werner being a game changer in a clinical fashion because, you know, Lampard would say game in, game out. We weren't clinical enough. We didn't finish our chances off. I think Timo was Absolutely. brought in to address that. And I think uh, Ziyech and Debate with Havertz too were brought in to address the low block situations that we constantly faced. And really just did never, never could fight against well. Yeah, I mean, we, we depended so many years on Hazard just to win those games for us by himself with some magic, and he did for the most part. But hmm. now we have people that we don't have to – we don't have to rely on one person. Okay. So, before we conclude at the end of the episode, uh, Tom's uh, second question is, which former Chelsea player in the primer well, – he worded it this way – player in their prom, I'm going to say in their prime past and present would you bring back to the club um, I'm thinking what he's saying is what player would you bring back in their prime from either a past player who maybe is retired or a present player um, who's played for Chelsea I, that's how I'm reading the question okay so I have to say there's only two players in, currently right now that I would even think about bringing back to this club and that's Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard. And I think I have to bring back Eden just because of all the memories he gave me. So that's the present player I'm going to say. And if there's one from the past who played in the prime, I have to say, I feel like I'd be wrong to say Lampard since we already have him as manager. But, you know, I'm actually going to say Terry. I really wish yeah, we I'll could have that. John Terry at the heart of our center back right now. That would be impressive, yeah. And captain, like nothing against Aspie, but Terry was an out and out captain on the field. Yeah, I agree. So I'm gonna say John Terry and Eden Hazard for my picks. What about you? Um. Well, uh, I'll just be a little different here because I was gonna say Terry for my past one, but I, I'm gonna go Drogba. Oh uh, yeah, because. And if it was a big game, that man was going to score. It didn't matter. It wasn't even a question. Yeah, that's true. Then, people people slate him for not being good, like, in, like, consistent fashion and everything. But if there's one thing Drogba proved is he loved a big game. Yeah, and he showed up. That's for certain. Um, if I had to go with a, a current player, I guess, that, that no longer is here. If you want his art, you can pick if, him. If you, if well, I was gonna say if you would have asked me, even this past season, who it would have been, it would have been De Bruyne because I feel like that's what we're missing in our midfield. But I feel like Kai gives us that, so then I'm 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 gonna go Hazard. Yeah, that's definitely that's true. my guy. And see, the thing is though, is that like if if De Bruyne ever left Chelsea, do you still believe he would have been as good as he is today? I think he would have been similar, but no, I think I think what he went through helped make him the player he is. Yeah, it's probably true. So, in two segments, because <laughs> of the disconnect and everything, we have gone through our first debut episode, man. How, how's it feel? How's it feel to be done with it? It feels good, man. It feels good to get started. Like, I'm looking forward to the future. Yeah, and 
We should have a second episode coming out pretty soon with our Premier League predictions. I got my whiteboard over here. It's got notes. It's got my all 20 teams ranked on there. Fancy to, to talk about it, but we're going to have to save it for next episode. So to all the listeners, thank you for staying t- um, tuned all the way through this episode. I hope we talked about some things you're interested in. I hope you enjoyed hearing about our stories. And honestly, um, connect with us on Twitter. Like I said, my Twitter is at TreyWolf. That's T-R-E-Y-O-W-O-L-F. And then Wes's is at True underscore Wes, W-E-S. And go connect with us on there. Shoot us some questions you would like us to answer in a few episodes and everything. Wes, do you have any closing comments? Uh, no, man. I just, just look forward to, to hearing from people in the future and uh, doing more episodes. And can't wait for this season to get started on Monday. Yeah. And this is Saturday when we're recording this. So, so slide to disclosure. When you, see our, when you hear our Premier League predictions, we're going to be a little bit behind the curve, per se. But... I don't think it's. I don't think one week is really too much to, like, too far to say that um, predictions aren't allowed anymore. So we'll get on that. We'll be okay. We'll try and get that episode out to you. Hopefully, this one will be. Uh, this uh, recording should be out on Sunday. And thanks again for listening to us. This was the beginning of the True Blue Show, and we'll be back. Gigum, God bless. Catch y'all later.